it's Jenna, and it's just me today. Uh, just for a little bit, I'm going to talk to you guys up top and then play y'all a special Patreon bonus episode that we had from July, and I'll get into all of that, plus share some just like general Descartes pod updates. Um, but today's a really special day, and why Danica's not here with me now is because it's Andrew's birthday, pod fiancé of the universe is having a very special birthday today and we love you Andrew so much um truly so like if y'all have been listening to this podcast for um as long as we've been doing it like three years three and a half I don't even know time is fucking meaningless you'll know that for like the longest time I was doing the editing myself and I was uh, famously shitty at it. I would like leave in bathroom breaks. Um, I would, I didn't, I self-taught myself as well and it was not good. Um, I think I watched like half of a YouTube video and then I just like gave up. So about like eight months ago or so when Andrew um, said he wanted to help us with the editing, I was so fucking grateful. And it's like, it's just so great because it sounds so much better and he's good at it and he's just like he gets Danica and he gets me and we love him so much. But also besides being an amazing editor, he's just a really wonderful human being. Um, I'm sad that like probably most of our listeners will never get to meet him because he's just like honestly a really great guy. He's hilarious. Um, he's very smart, talented, and we love him. Anyway, happy birthday, Andrew, and Danica and him are having a good night together, so, but, but here's the thing, we didn't, <laughs> here's the fucking, here's the thing, we didn't plan it very well. I, I forgot it was his birthday, like, we just, like, so I didn't have time to get a guest to guest with us, and I'm also just, like, really tired this week, I'm kind of, like, losing it mentally for like a lot of things and I'm just like really deep into the free Britney of it all. Let's talk. Uh, the free Britney of it all is just really consuming my brain. And so I don't know, ultimately Danica and, and I decided that like, we'll just not recap VIP this particular week. And there's like, you know, 50 other recaps out there. Although please keep listening to us, please, please. This is the only thing keeping me going. Um, but anyway, Instead, we're going to release um, an amazing Patreon episode that we did with Blair from Talk Purity to Me. We did this in July. It was like mid-season for Katie's season. And so we talked about Mike the Virgin, of course. But we also talked about um, Born Again Virgins and like the Luke P of it all. And we talked to general in general about purity culture and evangelical culture, and it's a very, very good conversation. Uh, Blair is amazing. Uh, if you're not following her already at Talk Purity to me on Instagram, make sure you're doing that. She's so great. And we really thank her for doing this episode with us. And we thought we should drop it on the main feed because I feel like everyone should fucking hear it. It's amazing. Um, so... Stay tuned for that. Uh, you'll love it. Um, and let's see here. Uh, so as Danica mentioned last week, she is in the process of moving. Um, little behind the scenes moment. This last Tuesday was the last day that I got to watch a Bachelor show with her in person for a while. Um, 
yeah, I'm not sure if one day she might move back to Portland and and we'll be able to watch again or when I go and visit her in Boise because I'm definitely going to do that. Um, so that was a little, like, sad thing for me. But, we're, dude, bitch is not going anywhere. I'm going to keep her in my life forever. And she loves it. But so the next couple weeks, like the next two weeks specifically, um, maybe three weeks, she's going to be in the middle of that. Um, so we're going to have a guest host with me next week. And then the following week, I might also just like maybe during the finale, I might do a live instead. I'm not sure. I'm going to get fucking crazy with it. So stay tuned for that. You know, we're just kind of like, y'all, <laughs> it's just a lot all at once, right? We've had so many seasons back to back to back. And like, I don't know. I feel like, of course, the last couple weeks of Biff are just going to be kind of messy. Um, not only on the show, but here. But it's all going to lead up to also a new awesome thing that's happening here at Date Card Pod. I can't tell you yet, but stay tuned. Probably on Sunday, we're going to announce a really awesome new thing that's happening here at this podcast. Um, I'm trying to like say, I'm not, I'm just like trying not to give it away, right? I don't want to like slip up and give it away. But Descartes Pod is growing and it's going to be really exciting and I hope you all uh, stay locked in closely. I think Sunday we'll probably announce it. Um, and then that's gonna, all of it's gonna make a lot more sense. And I'm no one should let me speak on the micro microphone by myself. That's this. I'm just like rambling. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Please excuse me. Um. So yeah, just stay tuned for a lot of a uh, fun next couple of weeks, and then we're all very excited for Michelle season. Have you seen the promos? Please. Also, DM me if you think you have insight on whether Carrie has been replaced. Uh, he might have. There, <laughs> he, there's a, another costume mirror that did a video about the dress that he created for Michelle. And I was, it was very interesting to see that Carrie Fentman has not been posting at all. So I'm curious to know if he's been maybe replaced um, after the travesty that was what he did to Katie. Or, I don't know, people wanted to say that Katie also had a part in it. Honestly, she probably did. She doesn't have that greatest. <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh, I'm still traumatized. Um, I guess before I let y'all go and listen to the special bonus Patreon episode that we are putting out for the main free feed... Um, I will say a couple things about this week's of, uh, episode of Paradise. I'm glad that Brendan and Piper are gone. Um, Brendan fucking sucks, dude. Like, he fucking sucks. He's sexist, racist, and immature, and a bad actor, and I really am just over it. I have whatever feelings about Piper. To be honest, I actually, I, I don't really, I don't. I don't really have any problem with her. <laughs> I think she just fucking got lost in the turtleneck, you know? Um, I was trying not to, like, fucking copy uh, Rachel Lindsay. Apparently she did an interview and she said that Piper got lost in the dick. So anyway, I'll, I'll link that interview on our Instagram, guys. 
it's good. Um, so I don't really, I don't, I don't really fault Piper really, to be honest. Uh, I think everything she did was reasonable to me. And we have to know that everyone talks about Instagram followers, like all, while they're on the beach, like literally they're being filmed and they just, the editors choose whether they show it or not. And that is their, their, I was going to say that's their right. No, <laughs> that's their fucking evil burden. They've sold their soul to Mike Fleiss and that's what they're going to do. Um, I don't like the way Joe handled himself, of course. Uh, absolutely hate it. Um, really wish he would just leave. Uh, fucking cop-ass behavior. And he, him and Denny, Demi are just so hypocritical and I'm just like over it. Yes. Here's the thing. Danica and I were pro Demi staying on the beach last time when she had a girlfriend because we were so here for the, the queer and we really wanted queer representation and we were like, there's no rules just right, you know? And, uh, and here's the thing with all the stuff that's been happening with Piper and Brendan and Natasha, I, I was never like, he broke the rules. I don't give a shit about rules. Rules don't mean shit to me. There are no rules. I don't really care. You can come open or you can not come open, but he was rude and mean and he lied. And I don't know. I guess you could argue that Demi was lying to Derek if you were the type of person to believe that they already had the storyline with Christian pre-planned with the producers. And I'm not telling you I don't believe that because I kind of do. But I'm also kind of like how much of it was. I don't know. I guess the whole point is I don't really care how Demi got there. Or sorry, how Christian got there. And I don't really care how Piper got there. What I care about is like the hypocrisy of ultimately Demi saying you should just leave the beach because she wanted to stay on the beach with her partner. And we were here for that. The, uh, so yeah, that's that. Um, let's see here. That was pretty much it. That's a lot. I don't know. The rest of it was weird. I mean, what the hell is Kendall and Ivan? Like that's what I mean. What a waste. He sent DeAndre home. That was just trash. Trash, trash, trash. Um, let's see here. There was some uh, food play. And we're not here to kink shame anybody. Uh, but I'm just worried about the stickiness. A lot of stickiness. Um, honestly, see, this, this week's episode of BIP was kind of boring, right? I don't even have any... Oh, Mamma Mia. And that guy definitely talked beforehand. They exchanged Instagram stories when she saw him on Katie's season. And then, so I am definitely believing they talked in the DMs. Like, see, there you go. They talked in the DMs. She was just using Kenny. Like, y'all, everyone's doing this. But here's the thing. Uh, we talk about this. Okay, so we talked about this with Sophie during our Patreon episode that we just recorded this last weekend. If you're part of the Patreon, that episode's going to drop this week, and so stay tuned for this weekend. We're going to drop that episode. Sophie, it was amazing. We talked for two hours straight. Uh, no notes. Just literally talked. It was the best thing I could have ever experienced in my life. Um, but we talked a little bit with Sophie about, like, the kayfab of it all, like, the fakeness and how everyone on the show needs to pretend to be engaged in, like, the fakeness of it, and you can't, like, deviate from the, from the fiction. 
And Sophie made some really good points, though, about, like, what's the purpose, though, of, like, we're going to be also sexist and racist, and we're going to, like, destroy people's lives, all these different elements. And then, like, she also says some other really good shit that I'm blinking on at the moment because I'm alone on a microphone. Please help me. Somebody take this thing away from me. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. Also, Ed, I, I turned a corner on Ed. I hope Ed is, gets, I hope Ed finds love. <laughs> I just wish he had been there instead of James. James is so boring and stupid. Aaron is boring and stupid. I really dislike Aaron. Aaron can fucking suck on some rocks. Um, also, what was the last thing I was going to say? Oh, Bennett. <sighs> I guess that's really all I have to say is it just a deep sigh, a deep, sad, horny sigh. <sighs> and I got a girlfriend and she's very flexible and I am not flexible and I am not his girlfriend. I don't want to be his girlfriend though. That I never wanted to be his girlfriend. I just wanted to like sit on his face. Is that so wrong? Is that so wrong? <sighs> Okay, I'm definitely going to stop talking soon. Um, That's it, y'all. <laughs> Love you. Stay tuned for all the things that's going to happen in the next couple weeks. I promise you will not want to miss all the stuff that's going to happen. We're going to have so much fun, and we're going to bang out the rest of the season in a messy, chaotic way, just as God intended. And stay tuned for this weekend when we drop some exciting, important news and everything else. Love you all so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Truly, I was not kidding when I said this is the only thing that's keeping me going in life. Please don't leave me. I love you. Bye. Oh, actually, I'm back. Uh, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to attach a voicemail that we got um, for one of our listeners and y'all are not going to want to miss it. It's a conspiracy about, you know, all the things happening on BIP and you're going to love it. So listen to that. And then after that, we'll play our special Patreon bonus episode with Blair from Talk Purity to me. Okay. Bye. Hello, Date Card Pod. I have a conspiracy theory to share. I fully believe that Natasha and Joe, I mean, I think a lot of people think Natasha and Joe, you know, are on Bachelor in Paradise as plugs for their podcast or paid by the show to be on here. But I also think that they have contracts or, you know, agreements with the show, um, to create these narratives, these storylines that that they're in. I think they're premeditated storylines um, that the show wanted to happen for drama, but also wanted to happen for proving that the show's real, that the show is here for the right reasons. I think that Joe was asked to create this storyline where he has like a strong relationship so they can bring Kendall in and have that drama and I think Natasha was asked specifically to to initiate a relationship with Brendan um 
because they knew he was dating Piper so they could bring Piper in um, and create this other drama. I think the biggest proof of this is that both Joe and Natasha are having breakdowns in the first, like as soon as they arrive because they're caving under the pressure to pull these storylines off. Um, I think that they also, part of their, like, obligations is that they need to create as much sound bites and drama as they can about, like, being here for love and that the show is real. You know, the unofficial rules of paradise. They're the employed cops of paradise there to stand up for, like, the show's, um you know, realness. And in exchange for that, they're guaranteed, well, I think they're getting paid actual money from the show, like, better than the other people who are there. Um, But I think they're also guaranteed a good edit, you know? They're the heroes of the whole season. And I think they're guaranteed a long run, which is why Natasha gets this special rose in the last episode, um, and not also Jacinia. Um, yeah, so just to be clear, like, I'm not implicating Natasha and, like, Brendan's bad behavior. Like, how Brendan is treating Natasha is wrong. It's not okay. And... Natasha is experiencing that, and that fucking sucks. Um, but I actually think this conspiracy theory, it gives Natasha more agency. Like, she's here for the right reasons. She's here for love. Um, and she's also here to get paid. And she, in this season is is getting the biggest raise of anyone there and she deserves it and not just because Brendan treated her like crap like she is a star she was awesome on Peter's season and it's a bummer that like um Bachelor Nation in general are racist and they're choosing not to follow her until they see her in this storyline So she earned these followers, which is money. That's money. That's her career. This is her profession. And she just made it happen. She turned lemon into whatever they say. Um, Yeah, so that's my conspiracy theory. I think there's a lot to love about it. And I can also see how somebody would hate it. Either way, thank you for listening and letting me vent this idea. Bye! pod patreon bonus episode i'm jenna and i'm danica <laughs> and i'm blair <laughs> yeah yes we haven't had a guest blair we haven't had a guest for a while uh we mm-hmm. wanted to welcome blair from the instagram account talk purity to me 
Um, she's here to discuss with us um, kind of just how purity culture operates in life and also in Bachelor Nation. Again, I'm sorry that this is a Bachelor podcast. It would be a lot more interesting if we didn't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, this is something that you and I talk about, I think, often every season. There's always inevitably a moment in our, our recordings where we're, like, talking about it and then you'll bring in your, like history Danica and I'll be like whoa this kind of blows my mind because I'm just like kind of observing it as an ignorant person Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like wow I hate this person (laughs) and then Danica's like well two sides can be you know two things can be true at once blah 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 let's talk about it and I was like okay fine so yeah (laughs) yeah I don't know that two things are true when it comes to purity culture. <laughs> this is me talking, uh, like, I just, to remind everyone of my background, I am, like, an ex-evangelical. I don't think I'm in a spot where I'm, like, bitter about it anymore. I just don't really, I don't think there's necessarily inherently anything wrong with, like, American Christianity, but evangelicalism seems to have um, done some things in culture that I'm not super appreciative of, I guess is the nice way of saying that. Um, uh, We'll we'll get into a lot of that for sure. But uh, yeah, so welcome to the pod. Oh, God. Welcome to the pod, Blair. Thank you. Um, You know, whatever. It's like a Sunday morning or afternoon. It's morning somewhere. Okay. I'm going to drink more of my PBR, please. Um, mm. Yes, happy Thank you morning. for being here. Um, we started following your account, like, I feel like last year or so. It's amazing. It's on Instagram, as far as we know, but you do have a YouTube as well. Tell us just, like, kind of a little bit more about who you are. I actually don't have YouTube. I'm no. on TikTok. Okay. TikTok, that's it. Um, I, yeah, I'm on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. But, yeah, so um, just a little background on me. Also grew up evangelical just like Danica. Um, I'm from the South. So, um, you know, there's different brand. Of, yeah. It's a different, it's a different thing for sure. Like I never want to downplay anybody else's experience from any other region of the U S but like Southern culture, you know, they call it the Bible belt for a reason. It's, totally. it's like very much, you know, Christian culture is kind of Southern culture in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. at least historically and hopefully that's changing but that's a whole other conversation (laughs) um but yeah I grew up evangelical very much in purity culture and I was you know well into my adulthood before I realized like how damaging it had been for me and started the healing process for myself and then decided to start an Instagram account and here we are you know so (laughs) how many years was that ago that you so it was October 2019. Mm-hmm. So just like I, this October will be two years. Nice. Yeah, I mean, that's probably that was a pretty wild time in our culture, too. I feel like a lot of the things that are going on in pop culture and The Bachelor, yep. <laughs> everything that's happening was probably pretty wild. So I'm sure like kind of starting that Instagram and really getting that your messages out there or your, your process, your journey it was probably really great for you, but then you probably found a lot of community in the process. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I would say, like, based on my experience leaving the church, I think that was one of the more, like, lonely experiences I had ever had. Because, like, I I mean, you kind of grow up and go to the, in my experience at least, like, if you live in the same spot, you generally go to the same church for, like, 
your whole life basically and that's kind of like church is like one of the easiest places to like build community and Mm -hmm. I think this is like that question where like when I first moved here I was like how do I make friends as an adult that doesn't go to college and doesn't go to church and so like leaving the church like I didn't really have like the tools necessary to like build community kind of like in the wild and it's also just like so lonely like leaving a place that you've been going to for like the greater part of your life basically and so it's just like really it's a really lonely experience and I can't imagine doing it in 2019 when there's such a like tumultuous like political climate like Mm -hmm. there's uh just like culture at large was wild how did you feel about it yeah so um I started the account in 2019 but had been you know in the process of leaving the church for like many years before that so I when I started the account I was very much like past a lot of the healing process sure but yeah um I know, I I think that, you know, late 2019 and then into these pandemic times um, <laughs> put a lot of things into really sharp perspective for a lot of people about, like, what we'd been through, mm. you know, because we're just all, like, we're not, we don't have the same stimulation every day that we used to, mm-hmm. so it's like we're just with our thoughts, and there was a lot that... I thought that I was past, but, like, then I realized I was, like, yeah, no, still, like, still working on it. So, yeah, it was definitely, like, an interesting time, I think, for a lot of people. You know, many people actually did leave the church in, like, 2020, you know, because it's, like, your churches are closed, and then you, like, so you're not going, and then you realize, like, hey, like, maybe I don't want to go back. And then it's Mm -hmm. like that kind of started the ball rolling for a lot of people. And I think we're going to see those statistics come out in the next like 18 months or so about like just how many people left the church in 2020. (laughs) Wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could see that. I feel like I, I, yeah, personally, I left a lot of things that weren't, was not serving me. Um, in like smaller (laughs) in smaller ways so yeah I think if I also had something as important as you know a community that was based off of faith it would it could change for sure yeah Mm -hmm. oof wild times Mm -hmm. yeah so okay so you mentioned you were from you were raised in the south and um grew up I'm gonna say this correctly now evangelical yeah Mm -hmm. You yes, did it. I did it. How many times have I messed that up in the three years I've been recording? Um, <laughs> and then I guess, yeah, oh, I'm still so like, I'm still just learning so much about it, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Can you <laughs> like give purity us, like- culture isn't the like, that's not like the, that's, that's like a symptom, right? It's like a, I don't know. Or is it, it's like part of the structure? Maybe you can just tell us really briefly, like, in your experience, like, definitionally, like, what is purity culture? And then, and then Jenna can wrap her mind (laughs) really quickly. Yeah, so, um, and, you know, different denominations have kind Mm -hmm. of different versions of purity culture. So, Mm -hmm. obviously, I'm speaking from, like, my experience and observations and things like that. But, um... It is, you know, kind of this ideology out of 
you know, Christianity and also other religions, but, you know, what I grew up in was a Christian ideology that places a huge emphasis on virginity um, and staying a virgin. And I don't like this term, so nobody, like, I'm just saying, like, the term that we use, yes, okay? So, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but this is, you know, it's it's all about staying a virgin, air quotes on this, until you're married to someone of, you know, the opposite sex. Obviously, I recognize that gender is not binary, but Christians don't. So just yeah. stay, <laughs> stay with me. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's like huge emphasis on marriage, no sex before marriage, no physical contact a lot of times, mm-hmm. you know, so some people even take it to no kissing, no hand-holding, things like that. I mean, it's and it also places um, a huge emphasis on modesty, um, mm-hmm. meaning, you know, covering up, especially for women, like not showing skin, um, lots of, you know, rules and regulations and all of these things are really tied into a person's worth. So there's mm-hmm. all kinds of like s- sermon illustrations that talk about basically if you do this, like, if you have sex, then you're not going to be worthy of, like, a godly spouse um, in the future. And it's mostly directed at women or, you know, people who the church perceives as women. So. Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gross. I hate it. Uh, Danica, yeah. was that kind of your experience, too, growing up? Yeah. I, I mean, like, uh, I kind of had an interesting experience growing up in the church. I Like, I totally agree. That's kind of like the bare bones um, mm-hmm. landscape of how I grew up as well. But it was also just like, it was, it felt a little bit different to me just based about like, like around how my family worked because I lived with like seven adults. And so, and I was like the only child in a house of like seven adults. And my mom was like a teen mom and she wasn't like particularly like, she wasn't like a Christian until I got to be around the age of puberty so like we had conversations about like Mm -hmm. safe sex you know like if you're gonna have sex like just tell me and then we can sort it out so it was very much like an open communicative relationship up until that point and then my mom started going to church and then my mom got this like really like I love her and our relationship is very different now but like she just got this like really warped I feel like sense of like not wanting me to, you know, I feel like it it boiled down to her not wanting me to become pregnant as a teenager. Mm-hmm. But also she was buying into this whole, like, unclean, like, thought where it was like, if, like, if I partook in any of those things, then I was a bad person. Mm. And it's just like, just seeing that change from, you know, like, talking about, you know, the birds and the bees when I was like 10 And then, like, now that I'm 13 and I, like, my boobs are growing and I started my period, now all of a sudden it's something, like, unclean and not to be really discussed about any further. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not even, like, um, it wasn't even a conversation about, like, I don't want you to do this and here's why. It's, we're not going to talk about it and you're not going to do it. And I'm going to do, like, everything within my power to make sure that you don't do that. Mm. So, it like, I was, like... I mean, this is kind of like a bullshit term, too. I was like a tomboy when I was a kid. I was mostly mm-hmm. just like friends with boys. Um, just based on the makeup of my neighborhood, like we just mm-hmm. had a lot of boys living in the neighborhood. And it was like all of a sudden a thing like 
Danica's not to be in a room alone with oh boys, even though like, you know, like two years before that wasn't even a thing. And I was just like, right. these are just like friends. It doesn't make. Yeah. But mm. by and large, that's like my experience with purity culture as well. But it also became a thing where like everyone was so obsessed with whether or not me at age 13 through like into early adulthood was like alone with boys or like having sex. So it was just like really just people not trusting me, even though Mm -hmm. I had given them no reason to not Mm -hmm. trust me. And so there was just like, to me, it felt like there was this like fundamental switch in how people viewed me. Like as I went through puberty where I was just a kid and then I was uh, like a pre-sinner almost. It was Mm -hmm. really just bizarre dynamic in my house. Is that kind yeah. of what you went through too? Do you? I mean, like obviously, no one lives with seven adults without <laughs> backstory. Right. So, but like, what was it like for you when you were growing up? Yeah, um, it definitely. You know, so conversations around sex definitely didn't happen ever, um, mm-hmm. except to you know. It, unless it was like something negative, like discouraging, mm-hmm. and. Um, a lot of kind of the source for me of like all these purity culture ideas. So I I grew up going to a Southern Baptist church. And then when I was, I think, 13 or 14, I met um, someone who would become like my best friend and her parents, like they had a house church in their home. Ooh. So I don't know if y'all are familiar with what house churches are. It's like... Mm, sounds scary to me. <laughs> yeah. It's very much like... It kind of looks on the outside like it's like a nice thing because it's like, oh, people are like gathering in homes and it's like you eat together and it's like trying to make it seem like it's... Um, very a like... community. Yeah. yeah. Really community-based, yeah. Exactly. But it's also a really easy way for like these pastors to kind of uh take their beliefs to like a really extreme level Mm -hmm. and there's not like any kind of checks and balances really because the pastor is the house church normally meets in that person's house Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like there's extra like power dynamic of like this is that person's home anyway it's but that was like kind of the source of like a lot of my purity culture stuff was my best friend's parents essentially so so yeah yeah, that was it that's not everyone's experience but Mm -mm. that was that was for me like the major source of it and then you know I read all the books and listened Mm -hmm. back then it was like you know there was podcasts but you they were all in like the apple store and you had to like go download them anyway but yeah <laughs> and you listened i'm sure you listened to the jonas brothers uh-huh. and i'm kidding no, i don't know <laughs> no i was too i was too christian for that yeah jonas, <laughs> jonas brothers are too sexy jenna get it together yeah, yeah. like literally though <laughs> literally though oh my god i would have i okay but, yeah no. <laughs> Um, if I could just, I want to give you like a, just like one of those like gyroscope things that you look through and get to see like my childhood from beginning to end very quickly. Cause I think your head would explode a little bit. <laughs> like it's, oh. it's just very wild. And like, I think the thing that I remember the most or, or just something I've reflected on a little bit is that like my experience in purity culture just made me lie more. Okay. And that's, I, I have a lot of thoughts about this. Yeah. Go ahead. 
So, like, <laughs> I, I just remember people being, like, suspect of me all the time. Like, I was going to do something wrong. And so it was, like, you know, <sighs> some parents do the whole, like, you know, don't shut your bedroom door or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the kind of thing where they would take the locks off my door. Like, I just, like, had, like, no privacy. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it truly made, like... Now that I think about it, it made me do, like, a lot of, like, really unsafe things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I was just, like, I wouldn't tell my mom the truth about where I was going or where Mm -hmm. I was. I would be in towns, like, 30 minutes away from the house. Like, (laughs) truly, like, it was just such a bizarre experience where I'm, like, if you were, like, actually trying to, like, protect me and make my youth, you know, like, safe and you don't want me to do risky behaviors, I'm just, like, you're kind of doing the opposite. Like, let me talk to you about, like, stuff that I'm mm-hmm. experimenting with or interested in. And, like, give me the tools to actually be safe. Like, my mom didn't want me to have a cell phone. And I'm like, are you psycho? You don't want me to have, like, what are you doing? That's so, yeah. And, Ugh. like, I was just always places where I, you know, where I shouldn't have been. I was, like, flirting with people online. It was weird. Like, it was just, like, a weird way to grow up, especially, like, in the age of, like, technology or whatever. And ultimately, it was just kind of unsafe. And then even as I was going into adulthood, like, I rebelled a lot because I didn't get to when I was Mm -hmm. a teenager. So I just, like, I did a lot of just, like, really risky behavior because, number one, I didn't know how to have safe sex. I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to have, you know, like, normal like healthy relationships with people because I was always hiding stuff like trying Mm -hmm. to just not get in trouble Mm -hmm. because like I would just get grounded you know like and I wouldn't be able to do anything so it really like purity culture for me like set me up for a very very unhealthy like way of going about relationships with like with anybody with like friendships Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. you know romantic interests and yeah, I just had my, I feel like I had my, like, rebellious phase when I was, like, 21 to 25 instead of doing it when I was a kid when my parents could have actually, like, taught me, like, that's not healthy. Like, let's <laughs> think of something else to do. I was, I was raised, like, the opposite. My mother, and she was not a great mother. She was a, you know, had her a lot of issues. But she was like, tell me where you're going. I will drive you to the party. Let me know so I, we can, like, have the communication and we had all these conversations, she would give me pot because she didn't want me to go out and buy pot from dangerous situations. Like, that's not great, but, like, there was, like, the differences in that. But I, when you're talking about this trust thing, it really brought to something I read the other day, an article I was trying to, like, kind of educate myself on this. And this one article was talking about purity culture and how it really was affecting the way people um, trust our, our faith or, you know, honest to others in their life, but also to their own bodies. Because if they were, like, raised that they were dirty or that they can't trust their own instincts, can't trust their own biology, their own urges, because all of that is negative, that it would also, like, cause issues, like, physically in your life because you're not listening to your body. You're not, like, the person was talking about how they would get sick and they didn't want to leave the room because they were, like, taught to not listen to their body and how harmful that could be throughout just, like, all of your <laughs> teen and adult life. But then also what you just said, too, like, putting yourself in risky situations and not knowing how to get out, you know, safely or to or to trust your own, like, ability to consent to things. Mm-hmm. That seems so, like, at a base level, so heartbreaking to me how harmful that is. Totally. And I think 
based on that point, sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, no. um, but I, I think too, it just kind of sets people up to be in kind of like abusive situations. Like if the only thing that you care about is, you know, sexual like purity in some way, like, are you going to tell your mom when your uncle's making you uncomfortable or yeah. like... Yeah. Uh, like I don't feel uncomfortable with or I don't feel comfortable with my teacher he's like treating me differently than he treats everyone else and then it just becomes a thing like where you're too afraid to talk to like adults that you should trust in your life because Mm -hmm. you just like don't feel safe having conversations about your own you connect your own worth to this like arbitrary thing where Mm. even if you like are a victim of abuse you like you, you it can result in a situation where you kind of just sit with that on your own and blame yourself mm. um, for, like, years, you know? It takes a really long time to... And, like, a lot of unlearning to be able to, like, think about those things in a really healthy way. Yeah, and, like, a lot of Christian doctrine or policies, things like that... I won't say Christian doctrine, but a lot of, like, churches have policies... That if someone reports sexual abuse, they will ask that person to, like, repent for the part that they played in their own abuse. Mm -hmm. And um, that's not uncommon. Like, that's Mm -hmm. pretty standard. Even now, like, um, that happens a lot. And so you can imagine, like, so much of this is, like, your worth is based on being perceived as sexually pure. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if something happens, um, whether you chose to, you know, consensually have sex with a partner or you were assaulted, it's kind of all seen as the same Mm -hmm. um, in that world. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't explicitly say that often, but it's like very much the underlying message is that any sexual contact is you know diminishes your value and obviously I don't see like assault as you know having sex but that's how it's treated you know Mm -hmm. so that's so unfortunate wow (laughs) we're talking about the fun stuff today Jenna do you have any more questions (laughs) no no I'm I'm just so I mean well because it actually made me kind of think about Mike P mm-hmm. in the interview that um, I just listened to him have with Mike Johnson and Brian. Um, and can you give us a rundown of what yeah. was said? Because I didn't hear that, and um, yeah. I'm oh sure some goodness. of our listeners haven't either. <laughs> uh, don't blame them. Um, <laughs> I will say I don't think Mike's a bad person. I actually think he's probably really trying to um, do the best he can under like a situation that he was, you know, raised in and everything. And I could actually tell a little bit that Mike was, Mike Johnson was a little uncomfortable towards the end of it. He's just like, okay, so let's like kind of, okay. Um, but <laughs> he, he talks a lot about just like, he's not a perfect man. And he says this concept like probably 20 times in the yeah. interview. He is not perfect. He is very flawed and he is very selfish and he is. He had, he's very competitive. There's a side to him that will do harm to others to get, like, what he to, – to win in life and to exist. And he talks about how his, his like, devotion to virginity is 
based on his devotion to Christ and his connection to Christ and like how he he is a flawed person so deeply flawed and that the only way he can exist in a good way is through Christ and that he is so heavily dependent on it because he knows and he he like said this but he knows that if he weren't the bad things that he would do and it made me really uncomfortable because my brain immediately went to like and this is maybe me being very pessimistic, but it was like that he would assault people or that he would harm other women in life because he couldn't control the negative sides to himself. Um, he kept saying selfish like five times. And I was like, selfish? Like, how do you mean selfish? Like, what do you, it made me really uncomfortable. And I was like, and it, then it just made me sad that he felt so negatively about himself too. Right? Yeah. That he couldn't trust himself. And then it made me think about the bigger picture thing of, like, why are we not teaching men, young men, to learn about body autonomy, consent, how to be in these situations? Because it seemed like he had none of that. The only thing he was using to not be a bad person. Was shame, basically. Was his shame and his virginity and his, his connection to Christ. And I was like, that just seems so dangerous. Yeah, totally. I think, too, uh, I don't think I've ever said this before. This is a new sentence for me, but I have never hated a man self-reflecting this much ever. (laughs) Like, he shouldn't be self-reflecting in the ways that he's doing it. But, yeah, it really is such a a backwards way of, you know, like, uh, thinking about, you know, sex. Because it really doesn't protect anyone, right? Right. Like, it it sort of just, it doesn't place the onus on, you know, like, communication, like, healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. anything like that. And, Because uh... he wasn't talking negatively at all about women in the church or outside of the church. Clearly, he, he said multiple times that he thinks Katie's wonderful, was willing to marry her, had no qualms with the fact that she has, you know, had sex prior to marriage, all of those things. So I think that's like an interesting level people want to talk about like, oh, but he's different. He's not like putting this pressure on Katie. I was like, that's fine. Whatever. Okay. But I was just like so upset at how deeply like some how much he hated himself mm-hmm. and how scared I was that if he, I mean, because here's the concept. It's not maybe not Mike specifically, but like you aren't particularly close to your God one night while you're very drunk and now you're going to hurt people because you've been not prepped at all to like be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is like something, I mean, I don't know, Danica, like if you'll relate to this, but like I, it was almost like this thing that I would like say to myself often, like very negative self-talk about like, there's nothing good in me apart mm-hmm. from God. And like, that's a very deep concept in Christianity. It's like, you can't be good if you don't have God, so, like, if, I mean, it, it just sets you up to, like, really hate yourself a whole lot. And <laughs> I see that in, like, a lot of what Mike is saying about himself and, like, the way he thinks about himself. And I don't know, just, like, like having him feeling the pressure to categorize, like, what sounds like a consensual sexual experience he had as slipping up i mean it's mm-hmm. very much purity culture it just makes me sad it's just like yeah. you don't have to like 
feel so guilty about something that is just a normal human experience. Like most people at some point in their life will have some kind of sexual contact and like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. it's so interesting hearing you, you both talk about that because I have been out of that space for like probably 10 years at this point. So like going back to that and just remembering like how shitty I felt about myself all the time for just like, really like minor you know things when it probably was the things that I was you know like if I just would have been like taught how to like healthily deal with like those things it probably would have just been better for society and for myself and Mm -hmm. for everybody Uh, Mike is a hard one for me because I really do feel like he's a bit of an outlier maybe Mm -hmm. in the community or like maybe like maybe the maybe christian culture is changing a little bit Mm -hmm. fingers crossed um (laughs) but yeah i mean like i i will say that my experience with purity culture has been more like the luke p's of the world Mm -hmm. where like he acknowledges that he's fucked up but because he, you know, he's a born-again virgin, he now gets to be holier-than-thou about (laughs) other people's mistakes Mm -hmm. and very much, you know, doing the whole, like, virgin Madonna thing where it's just, like, if people that don't make the same choices as me are terrible people. And And I saw a lot at that season that he was, like, again, willing to be on the show, knowing that Hannah is a sexual person... But but still putting her on this pedestal, and it's almost like this thing that says she's going to fail. Hey, I like you enough that I am willing to overlook your past, like, dalliances, but you need to now get to this higher level with me now, immediately, or you're now an extra bad person. And that seemed, like, even more, like, infuriating to, like, put her on a- another pedestal on top of everything else. Yeah, and then to just really harp on you know, what he perceived as, like, a moral failure of her because Mm. he was like, you know, well, you're a Christian too, right? And then you go and, like, obviously Fantasy Suites is, you know, the first opportunity that the, you know, cast members have to be intimate if they want to. And he's all, like, basically just shitting on her for, you know participating in a show like that he knew the format of and like it just he I mean he really is like the embodiment of of this really toxic version of Christianity and purity culture specifically like Danica was saying and like he made me so mad like that whole season (laughs) was just like I just couldn't like what year was that was that I feel like it was maybe 2018 or 19, something like that. Yeah. It's, I I wonder, like, if you, I have obviously did not follow that man, nor have I checked up on him really since, but I wonder if he's had, like, a change of heart at all. But also, I'm like, probably not. The hate probably just fueled him more. I'm sure he had plenty of individuals in his DMs being like, you were right. You're mm-hmm. the most godly. I want to prove myself to you. Like, I'm willing to 
do all this for you. Yeah, it's very, oh my goodness. Okay, so now we're talking about The Bachelor a little bit. So, I mean, Christianity and The Bachelor go hand in hand. It's been there They're married. They, yeah. <laughs> they And they did not have sex before marriage. And they, um, they've been there since 2002. It has been very well documented. I think I, I do not have the stats in front of me, but I mean, I feel like they've literally like, not shown other religions in order to uplift and like prioritize i think i read somewhere like this was probably last year like early quarantine that they haven't had a jewish contestant since jason which was 10 years ago wow like jason mesnick or like i mean maybe it was a lead i don't remember the exact story but Mm -hmm. seriously like it's been a long time like 10 (laughs) years of only just like evangelical white people basically <laughs> and and so you have to wonder like obviously the uh, a large portion of the viewing audience the fan base of the show fits this demographic we know now that there's also a large demographic who is not into what's being put on tv as we saw last year there's been a lot of like a, a division in bachelor nation um and but I would say even the last five years or so, there's been a culture of people being like, we don't like this narrative happening mm-hmm. on television. But I mean, it, it's it's been around forever. And I just, I guess I wanted to see what your thoughts are on that. Like, is it just so obvious that the show like this would be, you know, just saturated in this culture? Or yeah, I mean, I think it's like so much of the way that Christianity like teaches about romantic relationships is mm-hmm. like the knight in shining armor kind of idea that like God has one person for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, if you like are, if you do the right things and like follow God's lead, basically that like you'll find that person. And like the whole format of the bachelor is like, finding that one person so it's kind of like I don't know I mean it seems to fit pretty well for like what these like Christian ideals of mm-hmm. but then I look at like the concepts of fantasy suites that's very ungodly like for sure right <laughs> for sure I think it's kind of like a ignorance sort of thing like people you know you never see anything so it's like you mm-hmm. don't it's not like we don't know for sure what they were doing in there. I mean, we do, but, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like those things, like, in a movie, you know, when, like, two people are, like, making out, and it's like, seems pretty obvious they're about to, like, have sex, and then the camera, like, fades to, like, their <laughs> shadow, and, it, you know, you never see it, and then they just, like, fall backwards on the bed. I feel like it's kind of like that. It's like, we don't know for sure, but, like... It's... I was watching Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 last night, and so that's when Edward and Bella finally have sex. And you can't obviously really tell if they're having sex, although it's quite, I'd say, pretty PG-13 or more more R-rated. You see a lot of their bodies, and then he grabs the uh, bed frame and crushes it with his hands as he penetrates her for the first time. And that, to me, is... <laughs> Based on this Zoom call is die. <laughs> I'm sorry for screaming, but oh my god, oh my god. Anyway, um, 
That's what I'm looking for. Uh, so <laughs> there wasn't even a point. You just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. There was, I guess I was just, Blair mentioned movies and I was like, yeah, I, I know about sex in movies. Tell you what. Um, oh, I saw one just last night. <laughs> when he, okay. Here how it connects it. He's a 109 year old virgin. Okay. Checkmate. Checkmate. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's... Wow. That's a problematic age gap, and we'll talk about this a different time. Um, uh, oh my god! What I was thinking, like as we were kind of talking about, like the format of The Bachelor, is like it is funny to me that the show was so long. It was only like one singular dude with mm-hmm. like thirty women, because I feel like The Bachelorette has been on for like half as long. You know Pretty what I mean? Much. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it very much does seem like kind of. Like, I don't know, like, there was always, like, that one, like, hot guy at church that was just, like, it was, like, every single, like, girl was kind of, like, oh, him, like, Mark, you know, named after Mark from the Bible. <laughs> like, he's, he's, like, the one. And then it was just, like, a bunch of girls all just, like, fucking hating each other because Mark wasn't paying attention to them because Mark is gay. Um, a question about Mark from the Bible. Is Mark from the Bible, is his whole, like, passage about how big of a dong he has or, like... <laughs> You know, I interpret the Bible however you want, baby. And I will. I will indeed. (laughs) That's what the evangelicals do. (laughs) Fuck reading a text for historical context or culture. um, When you can just make up your own interpretation. Or just like acknowledging that the people who wrote the Bible were fucking awful. Like there's Mm -hmm. that too. Mm -hmm. Or that they didn't write in the same language and it was copied over and over again by men for thousands of years. And that. The Catholic Church did a lot of weird shit in, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to talk about that anymore. I could go off. But (laughs) what also strikes me as interesting is, like, I grew up in Idaho. And so, like, basically, if you weren't, you know, Protestant, you were Mormon. Yeah. So I grew up a lot, like, around a lot of Mormon family. Like, all of my, like, best friends when I was a kid were Mormon. And I keep thinking about um, how quick the 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 show is you know it's like what like less than 10 weeks or something Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it kind of reminds me of like every time one of my friends came home from a mission Mm -hmm. they would get married within literally like 10 (laughs) weeks and they were like i'm gonna bust if i don't get married right now like Mm -hmm. i will perish if i don't fuck (laughs) and so it like i know like a lot of people like a lot of people like ended up in really like happy relationships sure I love that for them and a lot of people ended up in like really miserable relationships because they were just like so horny when they came back and the culture is just like yeah it's totally normal to get to know someone over like 10 weeks and then decide this is it and you're together <laughs> forever and I mean like I don't know anything oh, yeah wow no that makes it that that connects it a lot to me the bachelor and and this concept yeah like yeah and I mean ooh. like I'm not gonna pretend I know like a lot about Mormon doctrine um I don't understand very much of it but like just this like very they have a lot of really strange concepts around what marriage is and as far as it like in real life and in the afterlife. Yeah. So it's just, like, another, like, layer of strangeness when it comes to purity culture, of which I'm assuming Mormons can also kind of relate to a little bit, even if the language isn't the same. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have a ton of ex-Mormon followers and, like, have gotten to know a lot of ex-Mormons. 
actually, in college, I, so I have a degree in anthropology, which is a, you know, whatever, but I did. (laughs) A waste. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, I mean, it was fun, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did, so I was still, like, very much, you know, in my whole Christian phase at this time, but I needed to do, like, field work um, for... an anthropology of religion class and I chose to study Mormons and like go observe them and talk to them interview them it was like a whole thing that I had to do but it was just so interesting like the two uh women that I spoke with like one was very sadly unable to have kids and that's like a really big deal in Mormonism is having Mm. kids so that was like a very hard thing for her and her husband and then the other the other person that I interviewed, she is now a very proud lesbian woman and is married to a woman. And so it's just, I mean, yes. I didn't know that about her then, but I've, like, kept up with her mm-hmm. over the years. And this is, like, I don't know. It's just, it's sweet. I just wanted to tell that story because I... No, I seriously. <laughs> Snaps we need to her. Of, yeah. Yes. We need... <laughs> I mean, but that brings up good points, too, about... Um, the queer community and how much it can um is is toxic as well for individuals who you know realize that they're not straight while they're still in the church and they get you know excommunicated they get abused they get um harmed with violence they commit suicide i mean it's just really I mean, we're all like, oh, man, it sucks in my body. I felt unpure and dirty. But then I'm like, you think about, like, another level, too, of, like, how how violent it can be. Yeah, I, w- I guess I hadn't really thought about that until you said it. But, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm queer now. But mm-hmm. I, even just, like, realizing how long it took me to figure out, like, my feelings about, mm-hmm. you know, all of that stuff. Just because so much of my time was just spent, like, trying to be like a good person that like every good person in quotation marks Mm -hmm. um just like I didn't really like even think about my like sexuality until after I had left the church and then I was like oh I've known this about myself for a really long time Mm -hmm. I just couldn't communicate with my family and I think that's like something that's like an ongoing like residual trauma where it's just like I feel like I trauma dump sometimes because I'm like if you don't like it I need you to get out of my life now (laughs) Um, because like there were people that I, you know, had been raised by for so long where I couldn't tell them the truth at all um, out of fear of, you know, neglect or like abandonment or whatever. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if those fears are like founded or not, but I remember, I mean, again, my mom and I have a different relationship now, but like when I told my mom that I had had sex, it was like I was 18 or something and I told her that I had had sex the year before and like i like i didn't know the language until then but like it was sexual assault and i told my mom about it and she started crying and she was like i never wanted this for you it was not a good reaction and oh, so it was God. like a thing where i just like sort of learned that anything that i did that was going to hurt my family or like hurt someone's in. feelings i just didn't express it mm-hmm. and so there's again just that like ongoing residual like thing where it affected how I relate to like other people outside of my family too Mm -hmm. um and I don't know that I found like a balance with that yet even 
So now I'm just trauma dumping. So you're welcome. (laughs) Purity culture is why the podcast exists. And now I can't stop talking about diarrhea. (laughs) So. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. It's, I mean, kind of going back to, like, The Bachelor, purity culture. One of the, like, most upsetting examples to me that I've seen is, like, how Nick Fial treated Caitlin Bristow. I don't know if y'all remember. My favorite topic. Okay. I know. Let's open up the pit. (laughs) I know that everyone, like, you know, loves Nick Fial, the enlightened thinker now, but uh, I'm not no, sold. No, we, we have a pretty hateful relationship <laughs> not on this podcast. I, 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 I hatefully masturbate to him still, but, <laughs> but I also hate the man. <laughs> and everything that he spews out of his mouth is so pretentious and toxic a lot of the times with this sheen of I've done the work, mm-hmm. sir, you have not. Anyway, but I am interested to talk. Okay, so yeah, the the Caitlyn of it all. Blair, go. Just, yeah. just, I mean, the way that he treated her, like, on national television, like, trying to shame her for having sex was so disgusting. I was so disgusted that they left that in the show. Like, of course they did, but I just... I still can't believe that people don't talk about that enough. Like, not enough people talk about how shitty Nick Vial was to Caitlyn. And, like, she's moved on, and I realize he's moved on, too. But it's like, why would... Why was there not more outrage about that? Because that was... I mean, it was... One of the most okay. uncomfortable things I've ever okay, seen. Okay, wait, my my mind is blinking a little bit. Did he publicly shame her, like, after the show? Or are you referring to Andy Dorfman? I think, no. I thought it was Did Caitlin. I thought, yeah. that, I thought he shamed all, he shamed a lot of women. Because he shamed women. Andy for having sex with him if he didn't, if she didn't love him. Yeah. And then, yeah, him and Caitlin had sex early. And then, I guess I'm blanking on the times that he, I like, think specifically... That- I think that she had sex with Sean, mm-hmm. and then he found out about it. And no, then she... no, it was the other way around. No, no, no. I like. I don't know the details anymore. It's oh. been too long. But I mean, she probably did have sex with Sean too. <laughs> I, mean, I like. Who wouldn't? I'm sorry. He's still very hot to me. Um, but I mean, like, I I think. I, I think even just like at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I feel like there was, like, a different, like, zeitgeist where, like, people agreed with the men who were mad at Caitlyn. Like, regardless of who it was. I Again, I don't remember all the details. But, like, the the culture in general were like, yeah, how could you do that to those mm-hmm. men? And it was mm-hmm. just, like... Which is Kay- probably what Nick was doing as well, yeah. Because, like, he didn't get... Famously, he lost, again. I wonder <laughs> right. why this has happened so many times. <laughs> and so I imagine he was pretty bitter um, publicly about, like... You know, yeah, you had sex with you had sex with me, and you didn't choose me, and just all of this stuff. Oh, he's oh my god, he's the worst. And I, I think that like Caitlyn is honestly part of the reason we had this like backlash going into just like a bunch of like weird bachelor contestants in a row that were so deeply like religious. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, after that, who was on after Caitlyn? 
then Higgins, and he was quite religious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we have, like, I know Nick was on at one point. We're not counting mm-hmm. him. But we had Peter. We had mm-hmm. Hannah. We had Colton. Oh, my God. The Colton of it all. I don't want to speak about him ever again. <laughs> 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 no, we totally can't. We can totally open the can of worms on Colton because it's been a while. It's so just that whole situation. I mean, I have just the whole thing got to be so ridiculous, honestly. Like how mm-hmm. he treated Cassie and then how now he's like, I just don't even know what to say because I'm like, am I happy that he now seems to be living in his truth yes mm-hmm. sure yeah but also can we like not forget we, like, talk about the harm yeah, yeah like let's not gloss over that because like it got to the point where she felt sh- like physically unsafe with him and like she needed mm-hmm. you know the law to step in and protect her i'm like mm-hmm. okay like that's mm-hmm. i just don't well again i think that that can tie back into purity culture as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think the dude, like, knew how to, like, have a relationship yeah. with somebody. And, like, again, if we just, like, talked about, like, boundaries, consent, like, all of these things at a younger age instead of just, like, touting that the most important thing about you is that you remain, like, virtuous, whatever mm-hmm. that means. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's just, like, a misguided attempt to get people to treat each other well, and it ends up backfiring a lot of the time, because we don't enter into adulthood knowing how to, like, have relationships with people that aren't creepy. Right. Or, mm-hmm. like, from, like, you know, like, movies. Like, that, like, whole, like, standing outside with the boombox thing, that's a weird thing to do. You shouldn't do that to yeah. people. <laughs> like, and so, like, I think... Jumping over fences, like the <laughs> woman, the woman said no, and he forced her back into a relationship, and then proceeded to stalk her. And you're telling me that, yeah, that he is not an affected individual by the purity culture and the, you know, like the lacking of teaching bodily autonomy and consent, and like, yeah, putting this virtue over above everything else is so, so blatant. And and Bachelor Nation was like here for it. Yeah, and, like, the way, okay, refresh my memory if I'm not thinking of this right, but didn't Colton try to involve Cassie's dad, too? And, like... I think producers brought his dad in. Yeah. Or brought Cassie's dad in. Cassie's dad. And, like, I don't know, that whole thing is weird to me, too. It's like, okay, if Cassie wanted her dad there for, like, support, that's one thing, but, like... Cassie's a grown woman. Like, mm-hmm. why does she need her dad to, like, help her navigate a romantic relationship? Like, mm. that to me was really weird. I didn't, I did not like or understand that. It didn't seem like, it didn't seem like it was Cassie's choice. Like, I don't know. No, and I don't think it was. I think Colton eventually spilled that it was producers that literally flew him out to wherever they were. And that's, like, so harmful and gross. Yeah. As well as the continued, like, thing in every season ever about asking for the dad's permission for marriage. Like, how... That's such a based... I mean, I think that goes, obviously... That goes beyond religion now because of the tradition of it. But that's unfortunate because I imagine it kind of was based in religious tones. I think it became a cultural thing, but it was definitely, like... It goes back to, like, a religious 
sort of exchange um, and has just sort of thought about with Mm -hmm. a different lens now. Well, because everything is steeped into making women feel like uh, products and things that need to be controlled based based off this this culture we're talking about. Like, you were saying earlier, like, all of these, like, rules from purity culture, a lot of them are aimed at the women, too, and it's just to, like, control them, and they're just items to be messed with, you know? Like, and that's just so upsetting to me still. (laughs) Like, this is... It affects, like, everything. It affects the way people, like, you know... Like, if somebody... Somebody shows their body provocatively online everyone's like oh they just have the slut shaming of it all you know right yeah i think too um it like i i just remember like having conversations with my uh chaplain like before i left the church and was just like talking to him about just like frustrating like gender-based things that I was noticing and he's like well I'm not preaching to you know any specific like gender I'm preaching for everyone and I was that was like one of the first moments where I was like okay well the impact of it (laughs) the impact of what you're saying uh is far greater for like me and my women friends in the church than it is for the dudes in the church because like I feel like when I was still going to church like like it was it was really like a Luke P situation where they could like fuck up all the time and it was just mm. like a repentance thing and it's done. But if I fucked up, that was like not okay. It wasn't like okay in the same way. Like Jesus could forgive me, but they would remember. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a such a like polar opposite thing. So like you'd hear like stories like all the time about like dudes like masturbating like messing around doing whatever and that was fine but like if I talked about that yuck you know like I was a gross person and like just like not someone like worthy of like love or affection or anything like that so like I think that just goes back into you know just women's repression like Mm -hmm. period what a terrible time to be alive yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like yeah, just the whole in the in the way that like the bachelor frames women who are like not as sexual is very mm-hmm. weird. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Ashley Iconetti have like a whole like I've never kissed anyone like edit? I, Ashley was a a virgin, and that was her. Okay. Storyline. She was like the crying virgin. Yes. And then okay. he- Heather, Heather had never been kissed. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But they keep like just finding people like that, and I'm like, is that like interesting? To- like I like I'm sure that's an important part of their story, and I'm sure there's a reason those things haven't happened yet. And not all of them are religious. Like I don't think Ashley's was because of religion at all. No. But. But uh, it's I mean, still, but, yeah. 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 Right, because this culture feeds into everything that we're, like, the purity of it all. Because she still wanted to, like, save herself to be the perfect wife for a husband. Like, that concept on its own seems so problematic to me. That I have to do so much with my body in order to, like, you know. And this is a question I asked Connie. Our friend Connie was in the podcast a couple weeks ago. And she also grew up in um in the church and signed a purity pact and I was just blowing my mind though about the concept of Mike P again for a second about how 
if he truly believes in this purityness, this this virtuous of him and other people who do not have sex, then frankly, why would he want someone like Katie? And I'm saying that just as like yeah. a concept, right? You know, like why would he want to be with somebody that is dirty if this is the case? And that just seemed, and it, to me, it seems like it's a, a morality, like men are just better. It doesn't matter. Women are gross regardless. And that was my like thought process. Yeah. And, like, the whole thing that he was saying that he is a very... He was describing himself as, like, a very sexual person. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not trying to say that that's not the case, but I think it also is very probable that he is not a more sexual person than, like, anyone else necessarily. But when you are taught that, like, any sexual desires are wrong and you, like, start focusing on that, it might seem like you're more sexual or you have a mm-hmm. higher, you know, sex drive than others when really you just have a normal sex drive that you feel a lot of shame about. Like, that's <laughs> kind of, like, what I'm getting from Mike P. I'm like, maybe not. Like, maybe you don't. And that's okay. But, like, just the way that shame plays into this, I'm just like, you probably don't. You just, like, feel really bad about the sex drive that you do have. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Just that whole- yeah, like, if, if even, like, thoughts are impure thoughts, if you have them, even, like, a normal, like, I think about sex a lot. I mean, I, everybody does. Like, yeah. Not, I'm sure, not everybody, not but, you know, like, generally speaking, people do think about sex a lot. It's, like, a thing. But if, if I were going back into a mindset of thinking about sex is bad, doing sex is bad, like touching myself is bad like I'm going to think I'm a huge fucking pervert even though I'm probably just like pretty fucking normal mm-hmm. and I'm like I think too just like I mean Jenna and I talked about this off off air a while ago and I was thinking at the time you know like and I said it a little bit earlier like maybe Mike is just one of those people that like sex you know good for you not for me like, mm-hmm. maybe he's, like, fine with it. Maybe he's there for the wrong reasons. There could be, like, mm-hmm. maybe he was supposed to be cast ages ago. Like, <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. And we didn't really get to see a whole lot mm-hmm. of his, like, storyline, which to me was a relief because the, the story... <laughs> I mean, like, nothing... There's nothing, like, wrong with him, in my opinion. Like, yeah. if that's... If he's, like... If that's the lifestyle he wants to lead for himself, do I think they're compatible? Like, probably not. That's really strange but I like if he truly is like a good for you not on me mm-hmm. fine um yep. but I I think I am leaning toward you know he was probably just not there for the right reasons yeah and... based, based off of that interview that I heard it seemed like he just really thinks sex is sh- shameful so I just again I'm like why would he want somebody like Katie not saying anything negative about Katie I'm right. just like that concept is still boggling my mind. It just seems like the compatibility just wouldn't be there, you mm-hmm. know, for people who have such different um, outlooks on sex and sex as a part of a healthy relationship. Like, it's fairly obvious where Katie stands and then Mike, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's obvious where he stands too and it just doesn't seem like it would fit in any way. Yeah. But... Mm. And I- I think, too, I mean, even sometimes the, I feel, like, I got vibes from him that were, like, oh, I don't judge you for, like, what mm-hmm. you've done in the past. Like, 
okay. Yeah, cool. exactly. That's like bare minimum shit. Like that's not romantic. <laughs> like it actually uh, made me so mad when Katie Katie was like I feel so on- basically she kind of insinuated that she felt like honored that Mike would even be there like knowing her history. I'm like, yeah. Babe, like no 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 no. That's not that's not it at all. Like it just seemed so weird that she would like be like, oh wow, well he still wants to be here knowing like the kind of person I am. I'm like, did a producer make you say that? Cause that is not like that's not it. Like, why are we why are we like trying to set Mike up as this like saintly person when like he's it, just like, I don't know. That made me mad. Yeah, it really sort of like goes against her whole like message of it anyway. Like mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like with Katie, I mean like her her shtick got hack pretty quickly like yes I, I do like watching her i'm glad that she's sex positive the vibrator jokes were gonna get old really quickly it it's just bound to happen yes. right but like i feel like her whole thing was sort of just like oh this is like normal like normalize this and then yeah. to be like oh like oh my stars a virgin wants to date me like that's, yeah what exactly <laughs> weirdo <laughs> that's the part that i was really confused by and yeah like why I don't know. Just the whole thing was weird. And, like, I, I like you said, I mean, I'm glad that there was, like, a, you know, I wouldn't say Katie's, like, the first sex-positive contestant. But, I mean, if this is, like, taken center stage for her season, for sure, more so than I think any other mm-hmm. contestant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also kind of, um, and, I mean, this is just where, you know you get nitpicky and, like, you have to realize what The Bachelor is and, like, what kind of franchise we're talking about. Yeah. But it's, like, being sex positive, like, doesn't mean that you only think and talk and, like, base your whole life around sex. Like, that's actually not it at all. Like, yeah. And that whole thing, like, basically having all of these, like, activities, conversations, everything, like, that was really only about sex kind of even as someone who you know is sex positive I'm like why can't this sex positive person have like a multi-dimensional like life mm, and story and like yeah why does this person have to be treated like like a horn dog or something like why can't they just be like a normal person who just like has sex like why why does it have to be like a whole personality that we're creating for Katie that's like only about sex totally that actually reminds me of a conversation Jenna and I had on our first Patreon episode with Allie where we were talking about um like body positivity and like the fat like acceptance movement and they were sort of discussing like why can't it just be like fat neutrality or something Mm -hmm. like just like body neutrality like this Mm -hmm. is not like the only interesting thing about me it's just like it's not something that like I'm devoting like, every waking minute of my, my life to like, like you like like it's like the opposite like virgins uh, often are focusing everything of their culture about it but it's like can we just have a yeah ne- yeah neutrality of it like a like uh, yeah I like sex cool like let's talk about <laughs> stuff we actually you know like care about you know like uh, but like you also said too the we're watching this show and it is like it's like a pendulum they either have to go completely one one side or the other side 
and we are currently experiencing what it's like to be kind of a little bit on the other side. And I think the Mike P of it all was a, as a, a friend of Danica's mentioned, like a ploy to keep the certain religious base happy. They made him look very good. I mean, I guess when they, except for when they talked about his mom, a bunch, um, <laughs> they really attempted to keep that narrative good. And, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I would be- imagine they did tell Kitty to say what she said about him to keep everyone, like, happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like, and, you know, this is shifting gears back to, like, Hannah Brown. So mm-hmm. you had, like, Hannah Brown and, like, she was very open about her experience with Peter. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah. But then, for <laughs> Peter, we get Madison Pruitt. Oh, yes, the Maddie of it all. Oh, okay. So I had a huge problem with Maddie. Yes, rip into it, baby. And, like, everyone was, like, (laughs) like, when I posted about Maddie, like, I have a post up uh, from, like, it was timely for the season, so you'll have to scroll back a ways. But um, I was talking about it, and everyone was, like, well, that's just her religion. Now you're just being mean. I'm, like, babe, like, she came on a show... And knew who she was coming on for. And it's not that she she expected Peter to change for her. And to, like, change the format of the show for her. Based on, like, her comfort level. Knowing who Peter is. Like, that's... It, it is just such, like, a... But it's, like... The whole, like, I don't know if y'all have heard the term, like, missionary dating, but it's, like, it kind of seemed like Madison was, like, doing that. Like, so what missionary dating would be would be, like, I'm going to go find this man who's not, like, particularly religious or, like, needs to come back to the Lord. And I, through the power of my pristine vagina, will be able to, like, lure him back to the Lord. I'm, like, babe, like, did you really think that was going to work? Obviously, like... It was set up that, you know, they were going to be the ones in the end. And then, uh, you know, within 12 hours, we knew they weren't together anymore after <laughs> the, after the final rose. But it's like, oh, my God, iconic. Just that whole plot line really annoyed me because she mm-hmm. waited literally till the last second mm-hmm. to talk about this thing, which she said all season was like so important to her. And like, mm-hmm. if it's important to you, like, <laughs> just spit it out. Like, oh. Oh, that one annoyed me. I don't know what y'all think, but... Oh, no. I feel like we've definitely said really, really similar things, like, on the season. And I maybe the self-tanner is getting to her brain a little bit. I don't know. I don't know why she thought that one would work. And I mean, too, like... I mean, the, the same thing exists sort of in, like non-religious culture. It's sort of like the I can change him thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, yeah. like, it... For... I don't know... Uh, hot girls in Christianity really <laughs> I want to like give I, I want to just like give them a hug and tell them you know just stop <laughs> like you cannot change him nor do you need to just find someone who like actually believes the same things you do or mm-hmm. like I don't know but also or- like it's Peter come on <laughs> come on it's Peter <laughs> what are we doing what are we doing yeah I remember I was pretty vocal about my, like, you signed up for what you signed up for. Yes. Um, and this is really fucked up. And people were pretty annoyed with us on the DMs and the Instagram posts, I think, for sure. 
with just like, well, just don't judge. I was like, no, I'm not judging, although I am, but I'm not publicly judging. <laughs> I'm just saying that this is just not how this goes. And it's fine if you want to be a virgin on the show, but like to to put that ultimatum was quite, was dirty. Yeah. <laughs> not fun. And it actually and it fucked things up. <laughs> yeah. It came out after Peter's season that Madison Pruitt is like, family friends or somehow like very closely connected with one of the big players in purity culture which is lisa bevere um they are like surprise friends like she went to like family weddings of the beveres like this is like they have a very tight relationship i'm like this is like the least surprising thing that i could like imagine learning about madison like (laughs) i am not surprised at all and but yeah, just put in like sharper perspective, like, I don't know, but like Madison had like kind of like a different brand of purity culture too in a way because she was like the Christian girl, but also like the one who wore like crop tops and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She had like a different mm-hmm. vibe going. I was like, mm-hmm. it was very interesting. Like, and I could have definitely seen her becoming a, a lead. Like, I think, oh, yeah. I think the... I think the producers wanted her to become a lead, um, but the pandemic ruined that for everybody. <laughs> so sad. Oh, so, sad. so sad to hear. Heartbroken. <laughs> no, but I, I think, like, you're totally right. Like, I think that there's, like, a new wave of, like, influencer, like, purity culture that's, yeah. like, happening. And I think yeah. we're seeing sort of the start of it with, like, Maddie's and Mike's and I'm kind I'm getting a little confused and concerned about it um so I'm mostly just avoiding shopping where they're shopping (laughs) 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 Um, we've been on we've taken so much of your time today um so we want to like kind of wrap up do closing thoughts let you kind of plug yourself a little bit. Do you have anything else that you wanted to say before we kind of head out for the day? Um, no, I mean, just this has been really fun. I, I do, like most people, regularly hate watch The Bachelor, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, it's my thing. I get together with, like, my boyfriend's sister and, like, some other friends, and we, like, watch it together every week. So it's been fun to, like, chat about the intersections of purity culture and The Bachelor because... They've always been there, and they probably always will be there. Uh, Like you were saying, Jenna, it's just like, they just kind of go together in a lot of really (laughs) gross and unfortunate ways. But, (laughs) but yeah, I just, I think it's so, it's so interesting every year to see, like, how they're going to spin it. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the way they've spun the whole Mike P thing is different than the way they did Madison Pruitt. Mm And, like, it's almost like, I don't know. This is just, like, one thing I'm, like, kind of thinking about. It's, like, if it's, like, the women in the seasons of, like, The Bachelor, I feel like they are usually, like, feeling like they have to keep it a secret. Because, like, didn't Heather, like, keep it a mm-hmm. secret for a really long time mm-hmm. that she never kissed anyone? Mm-hmm. I think Ashley yep. Akinetti. Yeah, decent amount. I think she kept, kept it, yeah, it a pretty... secret. Mm-hmm. And then Maddie obviously did. Anyway. It's a whole interesting thing. And then, like, the men typically are, like, wearing it proudly. I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just... You know what else I'm thinking? I, sorry, I said we were going to wrap no, up. No, you're good. Um, 
on the same season that Ashley Iconetti was on, we had Jade also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and Jade oh. was the opposite because mm-hmm. Jade had been in Playboy mm-hmm. at a certain point. Oh, and yes. she got sent home the second that she revealed that. She was like, I just got to like, re- like, I want you to know that I was in Playboy. Literally got sent home like That's that so date. That's so true. So I wonder if there isn't like a thing where it's just like anything that could be considered a deal breaker for a guy is just like something that you hold on to for as long as possible. And for some reason, it's really hard to tell with guys whether being a virgin is a good thing or a bad thing or whether being, you know, like more open is a good thing or a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they haven't like from what I've seen. Yeah, you're right. Like they just they keep it like, really close to the chest until they really can't anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, the men are so open about it. Sean Lowe famously was very open about his born-again virginness um, during Desiree's season, and that's what got him to be the lead, mm-hmm. I think, in so many ways. And he was very open about that, and Colton was. And, yeah, it's Mike has been Luke P., obviously. I mean, it's, yeah, that that dichotomy is very interesting, and it's, I, I don't know, it it is interested to see how it'll keep evolving in this newer format of the show that is kind of swinging the other direction and finding its balance and with how vocal the fan base is about not liking certain things. So, yeah. And like, I mean, it's pretty, uh, which, uh, which season or which year of bachelor in paradise was, Demi on was it 20, oh, 2019 yeah. yeah and that whole yeah, so. this is a little bit of a tangent but it's like okay we had to wait till 2019 to have like an openly queer person like mm-hmm. I don't know and that's a whole other conversation because she was very <laughs> much made to be like a villain on her season and like I don't know if that was like fair or not I mean like, who knows? That's the edit that she got. But yeah, that's a whole other interesting, like, <laughs> thing to dive into as well. well. We'll file that under Bachelor Nation is not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been a blast. Thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation that, like, it was uh, clearly we had a lot to say. <laughs> a lot of thoughts and feelings about yes. purity culture and The Bachelor and... um Everything in between. Uh. Blair, where can people find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram, um, on TikTok, and Twitter. Everything is Talk Purity to me, so at Talk Purity to me. Um, and Which is such a clever name. So cute. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that one was just like, I was like trying to figure out what to call my page, and like I wanted it to be funny and fun. So that literally just popped in my head one day and I was like, that's it. Even if nobody think thinks it's funny, I do. And this is what we're doing. So I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. And you do, you do great videos. You do reactionary commentary on what's happening. A lot of your uh, commentary on the hate that little Nas X has been getting has been, I've been living for your commentary on it. <laughs> And you just post good resources and things like that. So, yeah, everyone needs to definitely go follow Talk Purity to me and see what Blair has to say about things not Bachelor-related as well. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, We have a lot of fun over there. But definitely always covering the Bachelor stuff as it comes up for sure. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Or thank you all. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry.
Oh, you're good. Thank you for listening to Daycard Pod. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Daycard Pod and follow your hosts at Jenna with a smile and at Drunk Feminist. Daycard Pod is produced by Andrew Olson. You can follow him on Instagram at Androne. Our music is by Jet Overly. Follow and support him on Instagram at Jetty Boy James. And our logo design is by Michaela Jane. You can find her work at MichaelaJane.com and on Instagram at Michaela Jane. Drop a review on iTunes if you're nasty like that. Bye. Bye! Oh, hello. It's me, the ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below. <laughs>